This is Jets at Noon with Cameron Poitras on 680-CJOB. Welcome to the program, Camp Poitras, Jim Toth, Banjo Bowl Eve. Air of Banjo Bowl. Uh, Banjo Bowl Eve, I like that. Yeah, well, what else are you going to call Happy it? Happy Banjo Bowl Eve. Absolutely. One Do you of, open your gifts on Banjo Bowl Eve or on Banjo Bowl uh, Day? One. You get to open one on Banjo Bowl Eve. Oh, great. <laughs> then you get the rest one. of them in the morning, just one. <laughs> and then you get the rest of the morning at the tailgate. Yeah, yeah. and that's when you get like the, the DVD or the book or something, <laughs> the pack of socks. No, open this one. Socks? Yes, you can wear them to the banjo bowl That's tomorrow. Right. Absolutely. Oh, thanks, Mom. Uh, 204-780-6868. Our pregame show gets going right here on 680 CGOB at 1 o'clock. Kickoff at 3 with Derek Taylor, Doug Brown, everybody else. Uh, that's going to be a lot of fun. Of course, the banjo bowl, everyone's excited about it, uh, including this guy. Bringing on Milt Stiegel, bomber great TSN analyst. Hey, Milt, how you doing? I'm doing pretty good. How about you guys? Good, sir, Stiegel. Good to have you back. How, how's Winnipeg been treating you, as always, probably? Oh, well, I'm, I'm back in Toronto now, but anytime I'm in Winnipeg, oh, my goodness. I, uh, I, I hate to leave. You know, I'm treated so well there. Uh, everyone throughout the city, throughout the province of Manitoba treats me uh, too well sometimes. So I love <laughs> when I get to get there, but I, I hate it when I have to leave, but I'm back in Toronto. Now we have, you know, we have a game tonight and then we have the triple header tomorrow. So right. I'm excited for this weekend. I, I know it's uh, it's burger week here in Winnipeg. Nobody tried to force anything on you, right? Milt? It, what, what's the name of the week? It's, it's La burger it? week what here. And it's La burger week here in Winnipeg. Nobody tried to force anything on you step out of line or anything like that. eh? No, no one, no one stepped out of line. I, I mean, uh, they they look at me as being soft, but I'm not that soft. They they know better than that, so I don't have to be myself. <laughs> All right. Um, what'd you make of the Labor Day Classic, Milton? And, and of course, the headbutt is is what's all being talked about. But but the 32 to 30 loss for the Bombers. What'd you make of the game? Those, those wrestlers, they, they came to play. Uh, they were able to feed off the momentum of that crowd and overcome some adversity, and they just flat-out outplayed the Bombers. I mean, very few thought that would be the outcome. Of course, the Bombers are the better team, but just saying you're the better team, you still have to go on the field and, and make it happen. You know, Jake De La Gallo, De La Gallo, who you thought would be able to put up another performance like that, made it happen again. So that team is playing with a lot of confidence, and I always tell individuals the most important trait to being successful is confidence. And that's what they have right now. So uh, the Bombers are going to have to have a, a great game to bounce back. Of course, it's in their own backyard, but those Rough Riders are coming in with a lot of momentum and a lot of confidence. And I mean, it's going to be a great game. I don't think it'll be a blowout either way. I think it, 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 it's going to be an awesome game. I mean, as a player, what kind of anticipation do you have? Coming off last week, uh, you know, you, you want to get back out there uh, as, as a player. Um, you know, what's the transition between, you know, Sunday to today? I mean, how excited are you? What's the anticipation like? What's the locker room like? Oh, it's, it's an exciting game. And it's, it's, you want to say it's just another game, but it's not. I mean, the atmosphere that comes with it, you understand that it's just not another game. Last week was not another game in the Banjo Bowl. So you, you have to make sure you're ready for what's going to happen. It, it's going to be a hype game. Uh, surroundings are going to be different. 
Uh, the veteran players know uh, what's what's in store. Hopefully, the younger guys are able to realize that also because it's it's going to be a nail biter. It's going to be tough players, uh, and it shouldn't be this way. You should get up for every each and every game, but players get up more for those games because they understand the ramifications that are involved with it. You know, it, it's not only bragging rights for the players, more importantly, it's bragging rights for the fans. You know, these provinces, provinces are right next to each other. A lot of these fans, they, they work, within, work with, us, with each other, family members, you know, on both sides, family feuds. So uh, it, it, it's a hard-fought battle, and the players need to understand that. And can you quantify that a bit from your time playing in the game over the years in the Labor Day Classic, Milt, and what it was like going there and then coming back and just how these two weeks of football is, even as a player in it, I would assume, is just an outstanding experience to be involved in the magnitude of these two games. Well, it's not the same as when I played because the Banjo Bowl was was not as big as it is right now. I mean, the Labor Day Classic has been big forever. So when we would go back for the Banjo Bowl, it was almost like – another game towards the end of my career it started building up but where it is now it, 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 it almost rivals the labor day classic so those guys uh they're dealing with a lot but for me i mean it, it, the rivalry wasn't quite there yet as i alluded to it was building up but it was all about the labor day classic when i played you know they, they, they put so much emphasis on us winning that regardless uh what happened leading up to that but those guys they're dealing with a lot more now they're dealing with two uh, hard atmospheres, two hyped-up atmospheres back to back, which is great. Which is great. We, we wish we could have that every single game, but the fact that they get them in back-to-back games uh, that says a lot about uh, what Saskatchewan and the province of Manitoba. Uh, what they're doing for their football teams. Uh, Milt, I saw you talking about this on Twitter, about the one-game suspension for Beat Robertson. Uh, uh, David Sanchez was weighing in on it as well. Um, is is Has a precedent been set? Should there be? And, and should quarterbacks always get that special treatment? As, as far as quarterbacks getting special, special treatment, of course they should. When they're, when they're lined up, when they're dropping back, when they have the ball in their hand, but when the whistle blows... That's where it should stop. That's where everyone should get the same treatment. I've heard people say that uh, the fact that it was a quarterback that got headbutted, of course there should be a one-game suspension. But any other player, there shouldn't have been a one-game suspension, which is ludicrous, which is asinine. There's no way a a non-quarterback should be less protected than a quarterback after the whistle is blown. Mm -hmm. So, in my opinion, and David Sanchez, the president has been set. So anytime there's a headbutt, there should be a one-game suspension because it's going to happen again. Not if it's going to happen. It's going to happen again. So let's see what the CFL and the CFLPA, what they do about it because there's going to be a lot of questions. and All eyes are going to be on the consequences that are faced by that individual that does the head button because we all know it is going to happen again. You've seen most of the games this year, Milt. Where do the Bombers rank right now with the Torontos and the BCs and the rest of the league in your mind? They're behind Toronto. They're behind Toronto, and they took a couple of steps further behind Toronto after what happened last week. I mean, Toronto has definitely proven to be the best team in the CFL. There's no question in that. And if anybody wants to dispute that, I'll dispute it right with them. They're the best team, and Winnipeg is behind them. Of course, uh, we would love to see Toronto and Winnipeg win the rest of their games when they face each other, but they're behind them. Uh, BC is, is is right behind Winnipeg, but Winnipeg is in that second slot. And if they want to continue to hold on to it, they need to win this game coming up tomorrow. You know, we, we thought they were somewhat in, invincible 
coming into this season because what they've done in the past three years, but we've seen some glitches in the armor. Uh, they have three losses now. I don't think they've lost two games in a row since Zach has been there, so this game is crucial for them. But uh, they are the second-best team behind Toronto, and I don't think anybody uh, would question uh, uh, where they are as far as the standings go. You think Saskatchewan can catch BC in the West? I think they can. I think, I think they definitely can. The way they're playing right now, the way that defense is playing, if, if Jake at quarterback can continue making it happen – uh, they definitely can catch him. Uh, Toronto, BC has been slipping. It was good for them to get that victory uh, going into the bye week. They did not want to have three losses going into the bye week. Uh, so Saskatchewan can definitely catch him. If they win this game tomorrow, it'll be like, wow, okay, they are for real. They're they're not a fluke. That would be BC and then Winnipeg back-to-back, but they can definitely catch the BC Lions. Do you have any favorite Banjo Bowl memories? Someone asked me that the other day, uh, and, and as I alluded to before, I don't because it wasn't that big of a game back then. Okay. You know, it just went into existence in 2004. My last year was 2008, so I only got to play in, 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 in forums. So I really don't have any, any memories, of, uh, great memories about playing that game, honestly. You, you didn't score four touchdowns in the Banjo Bowl game before it was the Banjo Bowl game? No, I, I didn't. No, I didn't score four touchdowns. <laughs> no, that, that, that wasn't me. You, you got me mixed up with someone else. And Milt, I can't are, believe are, you, you think someone else looks like me. Are no, you, that wasn't me. You don't look any older, but are you mellowing in older age? I, I would The old Milt I remember would have been like, no, but I did catch four in a game once. I caught four in a lot of games, but I know it wasn't a bad I would have remembered there that. He is. There he is. <laughs> There's the Milt we love it, though. me, I would have remembered if I caught four touchdowns in a banjo bowl, but I would have said that right away with no hesitation. So, no, that wasn't me. <laughs> All right. Milt Stiegel, the Turtle Man, Bomber, great TSN analyst with us right now. Milt, take care uh, and uh, enjoy the weekend of football. All right, you guys do the same. Thanks a lot. Yeah, always fun, Milt. Thanks for doing this again. Always great hearing from yeah, you. Yeah, always, always great to have Milt Stiegel on the show. Was in town earlier, went down to the street named after him. Yeah, I know. I saw that photo on uh, on, uh, on on Twitter, hashtag paper plates, whatever that means. I'm not even going to bother. I don't even bother asking him. Oh, paper plates is great. He's yeah. been doing it for years. He, um, he won't it, tell anybody. It's always between like, him and his son. I always love shots like that. Like, like it's not self-serving at all. It's like if you have a street named after you, you're going to go get your photo with it. Like, <laughs> well, it's of course. Like, no matter how many times, it's like... Not many people can do that. That's awesome. Yeah, no. Pre-game show gets going at 1 o'clock. Kickoff at 3. We got uh, Corey text the show. Corey says, tailgate starts 10 a.m. Party time. Start early. 10 a.m. for a start early. 3 o'clock start. And late. I'll tell you that. I went to a tailgate once. Sid the Vikings in Minneapolis before a Bears-Minnesota game that was supposed to start at noon. Mm-hmm. We got there at 10 and about 11 o'clock, the news came out that I think it was Fox shifted the game to three. And, uh, well, I will name the first name. Liam didn't make it to the second <laughs> quarter. Poor Liam paid for ninth row seats like there were the other four, the other three of us. And poor Liam. In fact, in the first quarter, there was a Randy Moss jersey man sitting in front of us who turned around and said, do you mind stop pouring that all over me? And I looked and he was asleep and his cup was leaning forward. And I'm like, oh, Liam. You know, that's not his fault. That's uh, So you be careful, Corey. You don't want to be Liam at the Vikings game. You want to be loud and proud still in the fourth quarter. Also, 
On the 10th, the next day on Sunday, the Winnipeg Blue Bomber is going to be holding their Fan Appreciation Day from 1.15 until 4 o'clock. There's going to be tons of great uh, uh, reasons to head down there. First 4,000 fans will receive a 2023 team photo poster, as well as some old Dutch potato trips. There's a bunch of other great things going on there. So make sure you're heading on down to Winnipeg Blue Bomber Fan Appreciation Days the Sunday after the Banjo Bowl from 1.15 until 4 o'clock. Let's take a break. On the other side, it's Free For All Friday. Free For All Friday. Free For All! 204-780-6868. We're going to be opening the phone lines, taking your text messages. We got some of the latest news on Hellebuck, on Mark Shifley, and we'll get to that when we come back after 12.30 for a little Free For All Friday. Don't go anywhere. Chats at noon on 680-CJOB. 204-780-6868, 204-780-6868, Got a number of text messages like this one, Jim. Uh, remember when Troy Westwood called Saskatchewanites a bunch of banjo-picking inbreds? Hilarious. Kind of coining the phrase, and then and then Jerry Maslowski with the Bombers at the time, you know, took it, ran with it, turned it into what it is today, as Milt Stiegel said, over the last 10 years, it's exploded. And this might be the most anticipated banjo bowl yet, um, based on what happened last week and everything going on, but it's always a big game. And and you, you I mean, you got you got a you got him popping on the show later yeah. today. Yeah, Wesley's going to join me at two o'clock today. Uh, it'd be good to have him back on the show, and uh, we'll uh, discuss the history of the Banjo Bowl. I was telling you today, and we'll get into this with Troy, but I like the double down the following week where <laughs> he sort of doubled yeah. down. I'd like to apologize. Uh, and I'm paraphrasing. I should let Wesley tell it, but I'm paraphrasing where I, I like to apologize. Actually, most people in Saskatchewan aren't smart enough to learn or something like couldn't, that. Can't play the banjo. <laughs> I'm or sure he remembers like that. it yeah. exactly. Um, but we got another text message here. Chris Strebler down at Confusion Barn Grill tonight. Come on down. And Strebler is going to be signing autographs from 1:30 till till 2:30 tomorrow in the in the tailgate Confusion, down at IG uh, down at IG Field. Confusion Bar and Grill is a good time on its own, let alone with Strebler there. Oh yeah, people are going to want to go. Oh man, it's uh, this is going to His man. whole his whole weekend is going to be texted to us. <laughs> 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 this is what he's doing. Tell everybody, come on down. That's exactly right. He's got a bunch of stuff. He's going to be around town. It's always great to have Chris Strebler back in town and uh, always exciting. And uh, by the way, 28 I, years old, Jim, you know, you always have to kind of throw that out there. You know, obviously smart move to wait things out, see what happens in the NFL. Maybe he get, finds himself on a practice roster here, gets another big check. Well, is there, you Christian know, next Mal- year? Yeah. Christian Mal and I were talking about this yesterday, so I Googled it. He's made 1.4 million US the last three seasons. He's got his NFL. pension. He has his NFL pension. And everybody understands how much he's played and not played and just being on a roster or the practice mm-hmm. spot, but it's equaled 1.4 million US, which I would, I mean, I'm not that bright, so I would assume it's 1.5 Canadian. <laughs> That's what Zach Claros makes. Yeah. On this contract, yes. not the previous one when he was winning Grey Cups and stuff. So, um, there's a reason why he's there. And I don't want to disparage Chris whatsoever, but if the Nathan Rourke's of the world can't get a, a 53-man roster spot, the future is, you know, um, not that bright NFL-wise for mm-hmm. Strebler. But if he can get another practice roster spot, I, I foresee Maybe. it going this way. I think the best-case scenario, he gets a call to come to training camp next year. And then when that doesn't work out, I expect him back in the CFL. Yeah, 204 204-780-6868. 204-780-6868. The phone lines are open, free-for-all Friday. Uh, but we wanted to kick it off from here, get your guys' responses to this, and, and please call the show, 204-780-6868. This is from the 32 Thoughts podcast uh, with Elliot Friedman. 
as well as uh, Jeff Merrick as well. Uh, in regards to Connor Hellebuck and Mark Scheifele, and these are some interesting comments that he had on the on the podcast when I listened to it today. In regards specifically to Hellebuck, and we'll, we'll get to Hellebuck, we'll get to Scheifele in a second here, but uh, uh, Elliot Friedman said on the podcast, quote, there's going to be a conversation with Hellebuck and the Jets whenever he comes to town. As the summer has progressed, there seems to be some thought that it's not impossible that Hellebuck could stay there and there, of course, meaning Winnipeg. However, uh, uh, Friedman went to go on to say, I don't want people to get carried away with that quote. Doesn't want to say anything with any level of finality. The word on Hellebuck is he has an open mind and is prepared to listen to just what Winnipeg is thinking. Hellebuck has not closed the door on the Jets. Still has to be, things still have to be negotiated, but Hellebuck wants to hear about the team's plans and where they want to go with things. Um, So, uh, and, and he also, Elliot Friedman also went on to say that he heard from somebody that you shouldn't assume anything yet. Um, I mean, what do you make of what do you make of that, Jim Toth? I make of that is what we've kind of been speculating of. I don't think there's a lot of money out there for Connor Hellebuck, and I don't think there's going to be the money he would like next off season. Mm. Um, but I also think that that's. I think there's been some work done, some some around the horn and everything else, sort of speak around the league is what I should say. And then I think his agent, who is from Steinbeck, I yeah. believe, just said, um, look, let's have an open mind here. You do like it here. Mm-hmm. Um, let's just see where we're at with everything. Because that's part of it, right? Like, we were talking about this yesterday. You know, Josh Morrissey signed here, $50 million. Uh, You were mentioning Zach Rowinski in Columbus. Like, yeah. there's that story on a podcast somewhere that Zach's agent called him and said, look, you're a hockey player, and this is $60 million. Yeah. You're signing this. You're going to be making nine and a half million dollars you're and, signing this contract and and that's, that's all, what we're doing there's no other question and about that's it. all we're doing right now and in a year or two or three or four if you're unhappy or you don't want to be here or yeah. li- life has changed that you need to move or whatever we'll deal with that then but at the forefront of everything it's 60 million dollars and you're gonna play hockey yeah end of story mm-hmm. um i don't know how involved agents are to that extent, but I do know some are like that. I would think that his agent has sat here and said, you know, we've they've done some work, and uh, there's there's not nine and a half, ten million dollars out there, but the Jets might find it for you. Yeah. So let's just take the summer. When you get back to town, we'll sit down with them together. You figure out what their plan is, where they want to mm-hmm. go. Um, and we'll go from there. But maybe the Jets are the ones who offer you what you're looking for. This was also interesting. Elliot Friedman uh, mentioning also in the podcast, 32 Thoughts, uh, players want, uh, and, and this is just me paraphrasing what he said, but there's a belief within the Winnipeg Jets that the club is very secretive, uh, even with its players. And there's players that want to hear more about the plans of the team from the organization. I mean, in terms of pros and cons there, Jim, um, what, I mean, if are the Jets too secretive, or uh, well, look, is that just smart business? You know how I feel about this. You're an athlete. You're paid to play. Are you part of this? Yes, you are. Do you want to be a part of winning and and how to do it? Does mm-hmm. your opinion count? In my opinion, yes, it does. If I'm managing a team, your yeah. opinion counts. We're all in this together. However, I don't owe you what we're doing or what we're planning or what we're seeing. You're an employee. And I'm the employer. 
And what we feel or what we have a plan for now might change two months from now. It might change two years from now. And we don't have to keep you updated on that. Mm -hmm. You're paid to play hockey. You listen to the coach and you do it. I understand that's not how it works anymore. You know how I feel about the NBA. You know how I feel about Aaron Rodgers, who I'm not a big fan of, but yet if you're going to run a team and an offense at a certain point, I would include his thoughts on it. I Mm -hmm. wouldn't do exactly what he wants because he's a player. doesn't matter even if he is Aaron Rodgers, but I would include some of his insight and thoughts on what he would like as I go forward, but I would not include him on what I am deciding or not deciding. So I don't mind the Jets doing this, but I do know that, or we all know, not Mm -hmm. me, we all know that some organizations do this and heavily involved. Like I would understand that Connor McDavid has a say in what the Oilers are doing. Mm -hmm. I would hope it's not actually to the point where that's what they do, but I would think that they include him on what do you think of this player, what do you not? I know the Jets do that. I know the Jets do talk to certain players about the Paul Stasny trade's a a prime example. Yeah, Blake Wheeler knows him. What do you feel about him? He's not on the trade list. He's got a no trade list. Blake's like, I like him. I think he'd be a great fit here. Blake makes a call, yada, yada, yada. He becomes a Winnipeg Jet. That's the involvement I don't mind. Yeah. The idea that any player can come to town, sit down, and go, what's your plans? And they go, well, our plan is to retool this, maybe make a move or two, and go forward with the core for another two to three years, and then see where we're at. That's our plan. I'm okay with a player wanting to know that. Yeah. If a player like Hellebuck wants to sit there and go, are you going to go get me these kind of players and that? I have a major problem. With yeah, that. I don't like that. That's uh, the situation. And I'm not saying that's what Connor's going to do. No. I'm just saying I understand if he's going to sign an eight-year or seven-year extension, you'd like to know, what's your plans here? Well, that's what I think. I, and I don't read from this at all. This is an Aaron Rodgers situation where he goes no, in I and gives, he gives the organization a list of 20 guys that he wants on this team or else. Uh, how did that work out? Um, I, I when when players start to to sort of move into the realm, you see this with LeBron James as well, where they're the GM and they're the head coach and they're making all the sh- calling all the shots. It doesn't ever. I don't see the situation um, uh, ending up well. This one from Adam two zero four seven eight zero sixty eight sixty eight free for all Friday. One of the many reasons why I am not a GM in sports. I hate when players hold out or hold teams ransom if personnel wants aren't met. When it comes to Mark Scheifele and Connor Hallebach. I would just say uh, goodbye, welcome to the unemployment line, and, and promote from within. Yeah, well, no, Adam, that is yeah. not what what is being discussed here whatsoever. Uh, there just is like what you were saying there, Jim. And what I understand is I, I don't think Hellebuck is a guy that is going in, or even Mark Scheifele for that matter, where they're saying we need this, this, and this, or else. I think this is a situation where, as you just said, it's, hey, I just want to know where your guys' heads are at. I don't need to know the intricacies or where you're going or trades that happened or didn't happen. I just want to know what the plans are. Like if I sign a three-year extension, a six-year extension, or a seven-year extension, what are your plans during that time? Understanding as an athlete, plans can change. I get that. But what what is the plan? I'm okay with that. Yeah. Because – I want to know what I'm signing it's, for. It's, Otherwise, I'll go to free agency and I'll ask the same thing of 12 <laughs> teams and the one I like the best. I'll, so yeah. I'm, I'm okay it, with you, asking. You, you're a player. It's your livelihood. You have every right to know that sort yeah. of information. Well, so I'm okay if he wants to know that before he signs. I get that. What I, I'm not okay with if he says, go get me these two guys or I, I think we need more of this. And if, if I don't see you get it by Christmas, I want it. that I'm not okay with. And I'm not saying that's Connor, but that's how I feel about yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. I have a problem with Connor McDavid's agent getting hired in the front office. I hate, I absolutely hate that. I have a problem. I think it's, I think it's absolutely ridiculous. I think it's, 
you know, I mean, you do everything to keep Connor McDavid happy. And he could be a very good fit. He could be great at what he does. Yeah. He could be that. But I mean, to me, that's that's a little familiar. And then vice versa, if things change over the next two years, say Ken Holland makes a couple trades that are just disastrous and they're not even in the playoffs two yeah. years from now, then the pressure's on that guy to go, you need to get Connor he, to resign. Now, here. now, now here's my here's And then he's in a bad spot. Here's my concern with with that and Connor McDavid is where is that is that in is that guy's loyalty? Is his loyalty to the team and making the team better, or is his loyalty to Connor McDavid? Yeah. His loyalty's to Connor McDavid. That's just it. That's so as here, simple as that. Here's the thing. With all the challenges that Jim has brought up in the past with Winnipeg to draw in players to this organization, if the least is allowing them to feel like they're part of the process, I think that's a small ask. That's a, that's a, good, that's that, a good point. That's what I'm agreeing with. Yeah. I'm agreeing with if, like, if you want me at this stage, hey, I think this has been with Blake Wheeler, Dustin Bufflin, Josh Morrissey, uh, maybe not Morrissey to the extent, but I think these conversations happened. I think that when those extensions were signed, what is the plan here? Where are we going? Blah, blah, blah. But it's different when you're Josh Morrissey coming off your bridge deal or Mark Shifley mm-hmm. coming off yours than it is an, a UFA who is a three-time Vesna nominee and one-time winner. That's a different conversation. But again, I don't sit here and go, this is exactly who I'm going to try to acquire, Connor. This mm-hmm. is the direction we're going to go. We feel that this guy is going to develop into that, so we're going to play him here by the end of next year. I don't think any player no. has that right. No, I don't think so either. But I do. This this from Dan. He says, 204-780-6868, free for all Friday. Dan says, all Connor can do, Connor Hellebuck can do, is what is in his heart, just give him a chance. Well, and somebody said that's what the exit meetings are for. I disagree with that. The exit meeting is how was your season? What do you need to get better at? How do you feel about how the season went? What do you feel we should be doing this summer? The reason it's important at the start of camp as opposed to the exit meeting is because there's no Dubois here anymore. Yeah. There's no Blake Wheeler here anymore. So when Connor sits down, that's different, right? That's why you can't tell them your plans. You're not going to sit down in an exit meeting and go, look, I'm I'm going to buy out Blake Wheeler or yeah. at least try and trade him. I am trading Pierre-Luc Dubois. Like you can't do that because the organization doesn't know what an exit meeting. That's why these kind of meetings are important. But I do think overall, after all of this, it's a positive that it's like, don't close the door. Let's see what they have to say. And maybe there is something that is a fit that, you know, and I think it, it revolves around money, right? Yeah. Like whether it's here or not, Connor Hellebuck deserves $9 million a year. Without a doubt. And if, if he's if he can get, can't get it elsewhere, I think that's a great thing the Jets will revisit this with him. And I think it's a great thing he's willing to revisit that. Yeah. Now, that's a whole other conversation <laughs> if they go 9 or 10 for a goalie. Mm-hmm. But where we're at right now, I think that's a fair conversation of... It's worth sitting down and talking about. Where are you going and are how high are you willing to go? Well, and the thing is... And if, that could be as easy as, Connor, we love you, you know that, and we'll go 9, but I just feasibly can't, in order to keep competitive, go j- over 9 The here. dynamic of the team... And where this the, the the vision from the players and the people within here completely shifts if Connor Mc, if Connor Hellebuck resigns even for two or three years. Not the, only the, does it shift, Cam, everything but shifts. As tough as it is to get free agents, and it's always going to be that way in Winnipeg, it also shifts. Yeah, let's take the, a break. The, the, we'll the high ahead. the high end bona fide number one A free agents probably still won't, but the B level top four D man. Second line guy will go, they got Connor McDavid. Yeah. This texture says, 
9.25 times four for Bucky. 204-780-6868. Real quickly, here's what I like. We got Connor and Ehlers here and Morrissey for another two to three years. Here's a three-year 9.25. You want to make $30 million over the next four years? Let's be right. We'll be right back. What? What did? Where did the Shifley conversation go? We'll tell you that when we come back. Chats at noon on six eight CJOB. 204-780-6868-204-780-6868. This texture says, I'm enjoying this discussion about involving players like Connor McDavid and Aaron Rodgers into team decisions. I appreciate your insight on this. Well, thank you so much for that text message. 204-780-6868. Free for all Friday. This texture also says, in today's NHL and a push towards goalie rotations, is any goalie worth $9.5 million? I think there's been a market correction and Vegas has shown that not everyone needs to be paid like Vasilevsky. It's worked by paying Vasilevsky that amount of money for Tampa. I think it's a case-by-case basis. Um, but well, I think that Connor Hellebuck is one of the few goaltenders in the league, and I think it's a very small list. Um, there might be four guys that are that are in sort of that $9 million category. I'll stand by this f- for the end of time. Connor, McDa- Connor Hellebuck deserves $9 million a year. Yeah. He might want more. I don't know. He, Connor Hellebuck deserves $9 million a year. Nobody more clear in my mind as a goaltender deserves that. That being said, I don't know if you need to pay a goaltender $9 million a year. You're like it's, right. it's um, how that fits and how it works, how it goes. Uh, I mean, Tampa Bay is going through it, right? We're going to see it now that they're paying their goaltender $9 million a year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 204-780-6868. Finally, uh, in terms of the 32 thoughts podcast, I uh, just teased this on Elliot Friedman was talking about this here. Um, and he also said on the podcast, I think the Jets know internally centers are hard to find. Yeah, they they know that. They they dealt with that. Uh, the Jets have indicated. Well, that's the danger with Mark Scheifele. This is the like, problem, yeah. We're all sitting here. Can Cole Perfetti, can Gabe Velarde, Nemestikov, is he going to be the second? If you do deal him and don't get a second-line center back at minimum, I mean, you could you could spend the year with three third-line centers. I know. And what does that do and to that, the power I'm not play? Disparaging Nemestikov, uh, who's looked good at, at second line. How and, does that affect the power play? None of those guys play, right yeah. now have proven to have to be forty goal scorers and be a point per game player. Not last year, but that's what Connor. That's what Mark Scheifele has been. Defensive issues, all that aside, whatever. He is a bona fide number one center in the National Hockey League. And to go on with this quote, the Jets have indicated if they go from Dubois and Shifley to no Dubois and Shifley, they better make sure they're making that trade and have a replacement. Well, that's the thing. And that's why it's more ominous about Mark Shifley, I think. Yeah. Like, even people who want the trade in Boston done, the danger of, say it is Jeremy Swayman for, for Mark Shifley, what are you doing at center? Like, have Hellebuck, Swayman, and whoever you want here. If you don't have a bona fide number two center or two number two centers with one play number one. Yeah. In this division? Going to get ugly, Jim. Jets at noon on 680 CJOB.